0: My son kept asking me what I was buying online, and I couldn't understand him until he pointed to my music app and said, right there, it says new order. And that happened.
1: (laughs) That's pretty funny. Yeah, it was
0: great. All right, I got a question for you. I have kids. This has come up. You know that, right?
1: I know that. I do know that, yes. I have 10-year-old twins. You know what they want more than anything else? Wait, let me think. Uh, Cotton candy.
0: That's over.
1: Okay, wait. They're a little older. Chicken tenders. No, they... Somebody at some point said, stop saying chicken fingers and start saying chicken tenders. And I don't want to hear about... I'm glad I wasn't at that meeting. Well, wait, do we... Are chicken fingers different than chicken tenders? I just see them as more like cigar-shaped.
0: Most no, the
1: it's the same thing. It's just, I, think, I think somebody at some point says, stop saying fingers. I say
0: that 30 times a day, 30 <laughs> times a day. I'm like, please, for God's sake, please, please, Somebody, wrote, Jesus, somebody stop.
1: wrote the memo, no more fingers was the, no subject, more fingers. the subject line.
0: <laughs> you know, what you love there too is like somebody goes to revise that menu at some crappy diner and they're like, no, not fingers anymore.
1: Look, this podcast is not about chicken tender fingers. Well, this right? is the
0: question. The question I wanted to ask you before you did the great chicken finger derail of twenty twenty two. My children, they have Chromebooks. I bought them Chromebooks a couple of years ago. And they use those for school-related things, pandemic-wise. They play Android games on them because you can do that. And Chromebooks have a a framework called Family Link, which is really good. It lets you uh, lock down their usage. And monitor where they're using it, which is important because one child, I won't say which, likes to get up at around 2 in the morning and get a little extra computer time in. And so yeah. my house is essentially the Panopticon. I have video cameras running. Uh, I, mean, I vi- we do too. Uh, and it's, I have,
1: it's, it's, it's real. I
0: have film of one of my children turning the video camera away from the wall. It's oh, adorable. later said it was a cat. So we're, we're dealing with that. Anyway, now, so they're 10. Now, they're, here's part two. They are in the community. They know people on every block. They are independent more and more. And so are their peers. Kids are walking to the park and playing basketball with their friends. And so they say, I want a phone. My friends have phones.
1: It's a big leap. It's a big moment, right? It's a big leap. Well, it's like, welcome
0: to this world, right? The Chromebooks are locked down. It's an hour a day. Have you thought
1: about this? Of course. Well, my kids are a little behind you. It's worth pointing. They're nine and seven. I have thought about it. You know, it's funny. I, I don't think it's, it's just this craving for phone. I think it's what it is, is it's like, it's just peer pressure, right? It's like, why are all the kids have sneakers and I have to wear dress shoes to oh, school, Oh, right? that has leveled that's, it up in the house. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they yeah, went from that, like, that is what it is, right? And they're yeah. communicating with each other and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I see it as inevitable. I was... You know, I was thinking maybe it's a watch. Oh, so we had the same thought. I don't think that's real.
0: What's your fantasy in mind is that like we'll strap a Commodore 64 to our kids' arms and that they'll be like, like a backpack 64. I, yeah, yeah. Check it out, I wrote my own games, dad, or you know, I made my own messaging client. And that's not the world.
1: I'll tell you what I worry about. I mean, I worry about all the other things, all the things that all parents worry about, right? Of course, and there's, you of know, course. studies that come out that you know, it creates challenges with self-image and attention span is affected because people are zipping around on their phones and all. I'm worried about all of those things. I, I do worry about content. I know I can't police content forever, but, you know, I think it's more subtle than like, I don't want my kids seeing, you know, porn or seeing violence or whatever it is. I'll give you an example. You know, my, my son uh, loves soccer. He's a Liverpool fan. He loves Tracking the team and looking at, at stuff, and sometimes we give him we give him some time on on YouTube, and he wants to watch 50 best goals of the last decade. Now, if anybody is a fan of soccer or anyone hates soccer, they'll come to realize that you score a goal like every half hour. It's a slog, soccer. Right? It it, it takes time to really appreciate the beauty of the game because there's no, it's
0: not like hockey. where just like, it's Canadians punching each other in the face. There's violence in hockey, which is kind of interesting. Right. Right.
1: Basketball. Everyone is throwing a ball into a hole all day long. So there's the, it's a hundred points. So soccer is a particular thing and he's come to appreciate, but what happened with, with YouTube, he wasn't seeing anything violent. He wasn't seeing anything racy or anything like that. What he was doing was he was conditioning his sort of appetite for nuance, he's essentially just, he just is dumbing down his ability to take on nuanced information. It was just spectacular goal after spectacular goal. And it's all he wanted. And so we'd sit down to watch a game and the players are fighting hard to even try to shoot at the goal for 20 minutes. And he's like, what the hell's this? This is so boring. It's boring, right? And so
0: that. And let's be clear. This is soccer. The game that the entire world loves. That the entire world is organized around. That everybody thinks about all the time. And he was, yeah, somebody asked if I wanted to take my son to a Nets game recently. And I asked him, and he said, eh, it's not really my sport. And I'm just like, I don't care about basketball, but, like, it's a
1: Nets game. like It's a spectacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, go, yeah. To the, go to the game. So I guess what I'm getting out of here is, and my kids, you know, he's, he's a high-energy boy. So I, I, yeah. I need him to not think everything's lame. I've had moments where friends would leave. Like, fun lunch. They've got kids their age. They go home, 10 seconds later, he needs new stimuli and he needs a screen or he needs something because it's just so rich in fat and sugar. Those videos, I mean, it's just perfectly designed for, it. And look, people want views. I, I'm, I'm not faulting any of it. I just like, let's kick that down the road for a bit, right? So my fear is this, and, and the thing is, we have it under control in the house. The fear is this, it's not a fear, but when they leave the house, they're not under your overbearing big brother router that is only letting them, everything routes back to National Geographic, right? You have, they have more freedom, essentially, once they're on you know, a cell network. I think you can button this all down anyway. I think, I think Apple has really good parental controls, even if they are out in the world. You can button down a phone that, like, so that it just takes phone calls. Like You could practically do that, I think. I'll tell you something else that was really fascinating. My daughter's seven, so she's not that close to getting a phone yet. She came to me with a an Amazon product page, I kid you not, and it was an iPhone. Okay. And it was $30. Whoa. And it lit up, and it was a pretend iPhone. Oh, okay. All right. It was a phone that actually needed batteries that you charged with a wire, but all it did was it had a backlight, essentially, and it was a pretend phone. I would like that. I think that would be good for me. I think adults might want that. She was pretty emotional about it. And I'm like, why do any of your friends have phones? like one kid in her class has, there's like an outlier, but nobody has phones. I'm like, why do you want this? What are you gonna do with it? And she said, five of my friends have them. And I'm like, but what do you do with them? And they're like, nothing. This gets to something else, which is the physical thing is it's right up there with handbag and sneaker and watch as a thing. As a status symbol.
0: So first of all, Android then. They're getting Android. (laughs) No, I'm not going to have my kids be like, "Uh, Dad, I have to have blue chat bubbles. Oh
1: my goodness. That is funny.
0: Absolutely. And not pixels either. Like Samsung three generations back. Yeah,
1: no, I I agree with you. I mean, I'm looking right now at the product page. There's a ton of them, dude. Of these like fake phones that... I think it's so awful, but maybe I need to calm down. Uh, maybe I'm overthinking. Well, okay,
0: so so here's the part that I do like. I like that they could communicate with me when they were out and about. I can give them more freedom if I can communicate with them. And know where they are. Yeah, and, and freedom can also include like, hey, I'll be home a half hour late. Yeah. Go on in and make yourself yeah. a snack. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and just sort of like, because, or I can't pick you up at the school. Can you go over to Kelly's place? Those kind of things are huge because it's, you know, I spent the last 10 years, especially with the pandemic, you're just utterly oriented around the schedule and needs of your children. Picking them up from daycare, picking them up from after A little more flexibility
1: there for you. So the phone
0: turns the kid into a peer. It is stating to the world, this person is able to navigate the world in a more effective way than you usually associate with children. And that's... I think that's a big part of why they want it. it is, it's is—it's freedom in the way that, like, a bicycle used to feel to me. Yeah. That is what – so to them, I thought that when I got a bike when I was 10, we found one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a complicated family story. But regardless, I, I ended up with a bike and suddenly I could go anywhere. Mm. And this being the 80s, no one was even particularly worried about where I went, right? Well, also the mechanism to track you weren't in place. No, I just so stopped by like, the, you know, the middle-aged man murder hut, which is where I like to hang out, like most kids. And so, you know, or go walk alone on the railroad tracks. I mean, like, those are those were nice ways to pass the time. Regardless of all of that, right, like, the device, the bike was really symbolically meaningful to me. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say something really nerdy. Mm. But it, it's in the same meaning, which is the library had this function for me. And it wasn't that I would actually go and sit and read in the library. It was like It was like a destination that was always open. I figured that out as a kid. I could always go to the library. My kids love the library for this reason. They can go in and kind Mm -hmm. of be on their own terms. And you want that independence. You don't want to be too far away. You want to know what the spaces are. And I think that the phone is a space that gives them like control over their environment. It's social. Now, on the the flip side, you get bullying and you get texting and you get sort of all this drama that comes with it.
1: I think there's a few things. I think... The social, sociological threats are real, right? Whether you trying to look absolutely perfect on your Instagram account or the bullying that can occur. I mean,
0: this is the thing. Like, I want, I want. You almost want to turn off content creation for the first couple of years of
1: phone ownership. We love to give people advice, right? Okay. And so, I mean, don't let them create content for the first two or three years they own a phone. But let me be devil's advocate here. Their friends are doing it, right? And their friends are keeping track of the favoriting and the stars and the hearts and all that shit. So
0: you want to know my son's April Fool's joke when he was eight? Yes, I do eight. want to know. He yes. had his sister go to my wife and say that my son had gotten her phone and gotten an Instagram account and posted his butt.
1: It's a good April Fool's joke, dude. And my wife was like, "Oh
0: God, no!" Like, okay.
1: So content creation, what you've got here is essentially the digital equivalent of, frankly, trying to look cool well, and be let's accepted articulate. by why under-
0: is Why is it wrong for a very young child to do content
1: creation on the internet, in your opinion? I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a behavioral therapist. I'm not any of those things. I think a child from around the age of, I'm gonna say seven, starts to drift away from their parents' orbit where they're loved and there's stability, ideally, right? What they start to do is start to navigate these other humans And their lives become pretty overwhelmed with the desire to fall into a group or find acceptance, right? And that ideally settles down by the time they get to college. For some people, it doesn't. And I've met grown men. I mean, I'd I'd still love to find a group of friends who is excited when they see me. And so when you look at the tools that they're given, the apps that they're given on their phone, what is advertised as a great way to connect, a great way to create community, a great way to make friends, actually gets perceived by that child as an absolutely wickedly powerful mechanism to belong and to be accepted and to be liked, right? Which is formative at this point in their lives. And not only that, what does a kid do? A kid reads a room. Like you, you have to read rooms when you're a kid. Like, do they want me at the lunch table? Can I just go sit there? Do I wait for them to come ask me to come sit there? And instead, what they have on this tool is good quality data, 74 thumbs ups and 15 likes and reshares. And you didn't like, why didn't Denise like my picture yesterday? She liked all my other ones. So you have now very explicit ways that I think really start to mess with like, a very raw part of like the sort of the emotional m- maturation of a kid i think
0: i have a relatively popular twitter account you might have seen it it's, oh uh, here we go
1: it... here we go speaking no, you know what? of just... like seeking love and seeking acceptance go ahead paul tell me how many twitter follows you have
0: i actually don't know but our ceo gina trapani has a lot more than i do And i remember she does once that...
1: and there's a reason for that paul people like her more
0: that is absolutely real
1: and the um <laughs>
0: So, okay, every now and then my children will do or say something particularly amusing. And, so, and when they were little, I would just sort of tweet it out. I've actually been very, I'm careful with them on social media. I don't put their photos up. I don't know, you, it's hard to find their faces if, if they're out there at all. I don't use their names. You know, it's not like a true lockdown thing. I just like, I don't want to create a record for them as my kids in any way. But when they say something funny, I, I like to put it up. And so I get their permission. That's actually always, that's been a rule for me from early days of blogging when I I remember writing about people without their permission and, without, and they would get really upset with me. And I was like, you know what? Even as a journalist now, I, I still ask for people before I put them in any kind of public context Even almost anonymously Which so, you don't have to, by the way From a legal perspective, especially public figures No, but my kids aren't public figures And just in general, I want You're, to That's your approach, yeah, okay That's the most ethical thing to do And so I asked them, and then they are fascinated By the feedback on the tweets It's wild, isn't it? Well, we all are, Paul I mean, let's face it, we all like are Like here, I asked my daughter how she'd treat me If I was her daughter This is from August 2021 And she was the dad And she thought for a moment and she said, You get no cookie. Now go read your boring Hitler books.
1: That's a tremendous statement.
0: It's good material, right? She wrote a, you know, my son has some good lines. My daughter wrote a a little um, thing called the world may explode one day about the fact that there'll be a heat death of the universe. And so they watch the, the likes come in and the retweets and they get really connected. That level of attention, I can tell you from personal experience, is really hard to process. I think that processing attention is the number one skill that will differentiate them from us. And I think that what we've seen over and over again, a human being given a certain amount of attention, and the attention can be a lot of success. Something wonderful can happen. Your brain, and I know this from personal experience, I'm a bright person who can process a lot of data, but when thousands of people are suddenly telling you something in in any way, it addles you. You cannot make sense of it. It's too many humans. Even for adults. Oh, absolutely. I still, It's. I'm very paranoid about it. And so, like, you get senses of aggrandizement. You feel like a failure. And the number one thing that happens, and this is what the networks are set up to do, is because you've received this intense stimulus, your entire body starts to crave it and you start to think and frame your life in, I need to do that again. That's what people like. And it's not, the networks sort of make this their business, It's this very human thing, and we tend to sort of see it as a negative, where it's just like, you know what, you just want attention, you're just kind of, you don't feel well about yourself, and so you just want that validation, and we're very mean about that in general. But the reality is that humans like to please and amuse and inform and entertain other humans. That's how we feel good about ourselves when we do it. And you get this huge wave of, hey, you did it. You did the thing. And it's very instinctive. And you go like, oh, wow, I'm really helping people out. I'm doing the right thing. Oh, good for me. I am doing the right thing. And I better get in there and do more because they like it. And every time I do it, they tell me I'm doing good. And the cycle is set up and your brains turn into a like tapioca pudding that leaks out your ears because you're so incentivized not to learn, not to think, but to please Mm. And I worry tremendously, probably more for my daughter than my son, that I don't want the phone to become an engine for them to please other people. I want it to be a way for them to access information and preserve their safety. It's perfectly optimized for that, right? That's
1: like, what kills it, me. It is perfectly optimized for that because that's At that's the same time, you want
0: to get a good line off in the in the group text and you want to make your buddies laugh. Like That's okay,
1: right? A friend of mine, his wife bought him a phone. I can't reach him. I have to call him when he's at home. I think it's his wife's phone. She yeah. bought him an iPhone. Yeah. And he's like, this is going to ruin me. And, and he didn't, couldn't really articulate why he thought it. He, it's like an iPhone 5 too. Like it's still in the shrink wrap. She got on the phone. She's like, I just need to know where you are. And he's like, I'll be fine. I'll be home. I come home every day. Yeah. Right? And I think he was afraid of what it could do. I think it, it's something he decided years ago. He's right. And it's real. And he's right. He's right. and and It will change you. It will change you. And look, I think we talk about, oh, my God. I mean, I was talking to my wife about a lawnmower in the kitchen. Next thing you know, I started seeing lawnmower ads when I visited Vox.com. What's going on, right? Yeah. And, and so that's terrible. But what's more terrible is what you just described, especially at this age where they're trying to kind of find their place in the world in by by world I literally mean public school and and we're venting about something but I don't know how to crack it because I think it's uncrackable. This is the world we live in. It's it simply has to be negotiated. We we, we really have no leverage here, dude. Because by middle school, all the friends are inside. No, no, no. We're can... not going to stand outside.
0: No, it's not just that we're also complicit. I mean, look at me. So I think it's it's got to be like Hey, I'm going to tell you the rules that keep you safe and that I use to keep my own brain safe.
1: You know what you, another thing you can do? We've been fortunate. We've become friends with some of the parents. I think if we collude with parents of friends of the kids oh, and talk about that's mechanisms happening. that's happening that can help everyone reinforce sort of where we want it to go, I think that's a powerful thing, too.
0: Yeah, it is. And, well, I think what you need is some accountability because when somebody calls somebody an effing whatever, right, like, and that kid's really upset or they're so vulnerable and they don't want to be vulnerable, et cetera, et cetera. I want to give you a couple more tweets that mentioned my daughter. We asked our kids to please chill. This was from the beginning of the pandemic, March 15, 2020, because we all had to get along. And my eight-year-old daughter just asked for my phone so she could quote, and I remember this really well, call the funeral people, because you're never going to survive this. Yeah. So I proved her wrong. I'm still here. (laughs) I got one more tweet for you, right? A lot of people know that Steve Jobs named the Lisa computer after his daughter, but very few people know that he also had a son named
1: Mac 2FX4 slash 160. This is why you don't have six figures, Paul. This is why you're capping out at five figures. It's, <laughs> it's true. One day I'm going to break that hundred, but it'll yeah, be yeah, about, yeah. yeah. One more thing to complain about. All right, go ahead, complain. Oh, I'll, I'll say the complaint through a story. My, I'm very close to my cousin. I'm his daughter's godfather. Okay. And I bought her, I forgot the name of it. It's a cool little product. Essentially, they sort of pre-built a Raspberry Pi, comes with a keyboard, and oh it's
0: like orange i know what you're talking about yeah it's yeah. like
1: orange and it's really cool and, and what it's a little trying computer. to do is, it's a little computer and it sets you up an email address and you're in command line and it was a way to kind of nudge a kid into wanting to explore computers and she was i think 10 or 11 at the time and she used it for three minutes
0: oh it's so boring
1: Why? Wow. the a <laughs> and this is the thing They are magical, these things. But man, they're so hermetically sealed that you can't futz with them. And kids love to futz with things. My son actually enjoys the strangest toys because he has more power over them. He can play with them. Some of them are broken, but he likes them anyway. And he's done other weird things with them. You can't mess around because they're so perfectly tidy and to me apple saying no screws yeah like we weren't even going to show you the screws yeah, yeah that to me, like show the kid the screws no
0: no, no. an apple product is born not manufactured right like it's just it springs out of a head and look
1: i bow down to you know the design gods at apple But man, you want a kid to play, right? You want a kid to mess around. Break it. Break the damn thing. There's a lot of kids out there that are latent hackers that can't hack. And so what they end up doing is other shit that doesn't give them the opportunity to do it. And that's sad to me. That's sad. I mean, Chromebook is a nice loophole there. I think Chromebook is interesting that way. But even Chromebook, they've done a great job of making it very glossy and shiny. You don't have to go to the dark parts of the computer, right? You can, but nobody does.
0: That is a fantasy that you and I have from a different era. There are very few people who actually care about what's inside the computer or how the software works. And it's funny, you know, I think I always find this funny with technologists, right? Because we're always like, techno- it should be simple. Everyone should be able to use it, so and so forth. But deep down, we believe everyone should care just as much as we do. And they
1: don't. They don't. You're right. They don't. Here's what I want, dude. I, my kid may rummage through the thing and decide this isn't for me. Like, I want a watercolor. I'm fine, right? But I, he can't even rummage. He can't even mess around. I'm okay with 90% of kids deciding that's not for me. But I want to give them the opportunity to do that exploration, right? I mean, it, is wood shop still in school? Is that still a thing? Or did the, or like, too many buzz saws and they Yeah, the a lot of missing
0: fingers. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they still have. Probably not New York City. It's probably called something else here.
1: All right. Anyway, so that was the last thing I wanted to What I encourage people to do is I like the stuff like Scratch and things like that. But really, like can let It's very empowering, man. Is it, I swear one out of 10 kids will get that dopamine hit in such an intense way of having a feeling so much power over the thing. Yeah, but if
0: if your kid wants a phone and you present them with a kit, it's not going to work. When are you getting your children phones? Because you're getting them.
1: I think fifth grade, if I can let fifth grade pass, I will.
0: That's the plan for us.
1: But I might not be able to let fifth grade pass.
0: I mean, fifth grade's interesting. What I'm going to do,
1: I'm just going to get a pair of oculuses and just let them wear those to school.
0: All the time. Well, they don't have to go to school anymore. You can just put them in the basement. I think it's going to be, we'll get them, and I think it'll be a rough acculturation, and there'll be an unbelievable amount of, okay, give them back. You did it. You watched it. We told you not to.
1: Dinner's here. Phone's in the basket. I think putting in place, you know, Quotas, daily quotas. Use it however way you want. But
0: you know what that means? It means that you and I are going to have to start putting our phones in the basket, too. You can't sort of have your phone sort of idly sitting there. I do.
1: At dinner, uh, we have kind of an unwritten rule, like – Sit down at dinner together. If you want to be on your phone, go somewhere else. We um, we
0: do too, but you know the phone's still nearby, and if it buzzes and there's something going on, I'll, I'll you know I'll just well, chat. It's probably
1: me complaining to you.
0: It is usually, and the um, or you know I'm controlling the Sonos. I'm playing the yeah you because know, everything in the house and in my life now runs through my Pixel whatever. I'm like two yeah, generations yeah, behind. Yeah. All right, so this will be a long term struggle. We're just beginning this journey.
1: We're just beginning this journey. I think. Tech moved way faster than humans' ability to adapt and adjust to it. Especially parents who are just trying to get their kids to put their socks on in the morning. Yep, this is complicated, right? And it's hard. And, and I hope that you know that, that what we verbalized here helps people think about things. No, I mean there's lots of guidance. There's lots.
0: Of, I've read lots of guidance. It's just an internal kind of conversation. I will tell you one thing. My son said years ago. I asked. I if I asked my son like how he's feeling, what's his energy level? You know what he says? Eighty eight percent.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah. They, the phone is like a metaphor for existence. It's not just a device. That's terrifying. It's, it's like anything. I think about all the times you've used, you know, Microsoft Windows used to yeah. guide how you lived your life, Richard. I mean, at least, you know, things are better than
1: that. Listen, Paul, if you want to make really addictive software for children, you know who you should call? Don't call Postlight. We don't like to do that. Paul, tell me a little about Postlight and tell me the kind of work we do. T- toss out some logos. Oh, my
0: goodness, there's so many now. I mean, there's the Audubon Society. There's, and you know, contrast that with, like, Goldman Sachs and contrast that with Puck, a new newsletter platform, NASDAQ, right? Like, if there are things that people do and they need good websites that are instrumented and connected to all sorts of other platforms, or they need mobile apps, or they need big digital APIs and platforms, I wouldn't say we're a one-stop shop, but... You can really call us and get that stuff done. We will get your thing built and up into the world. And we do it in a very, very provable way. So if you want to learn more, check out
1: postlight.com. Hopefully you have already. But if you haven't, now's the time. Hello at postlight.com and check out our case studies on postlight.com. Paul. I just want to say it out loud. We are both good quality, responsible, thoughtful, caring, loving parents.
0: We work at it. I mean, it's, you know, the thing about parenting is it's hard and you pretty much fail all the time. Yeah. You just want to do a pretty good job. You do. And then every now and then the child hugs you and says, I love you. And you go, okay, all right. It's like, I still, <laughs> exactly. I still have that going for me.
1: We're doing good. We're good parents, Paul. I'll tell, Let's know, just leave it at Rich, that. you know
0: how parenting is like technology? How? You're always learning. You're never done. There's always that backlog, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's extremely buggy. You know, sometimes you just got to work on it and work on it. A lot of stand ups, a lot of scrum. All right. Well, hello at postlight.com. And that's how we say goodbye. Have a lovely week, everyone. Bye bye.